1: Pedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come an in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad, we are back on Thompson to Clark. Yeah. What's going
2: on? Oh, the dryness, the heat—all <laughs> that's oh, everywhere, right? If you're if you're listening to this, you're probably in the Bay Area, yeah. So probably Reno, Northern Nevada, uh, Central California, Northern California—it's hot everywhere. Oh my man. gosh! It's, <laughs> everybody's baking.
1: Okay, what's the hottest that you've seen from friends of yours who are complaining about the heat?
2: Hundred and thirteen, I think. That's what, the highest.
1: Yeah, one of my coworkers. She lives in the Sacramento area. Oh, Hun- 117 today.
2: Wow. And and so when I used to go up to Chico back in the day, we had you know like a hundred and eight, hundred and nine sometimes, but it. But up there, it's so green and so moist that it was like it would choke you because of the humidity. So, you guys have that in the Bay Area. So, you have the humidity to make it worse. The thing about us, uh, so I'm trying to find our, our, our current humidity because when Northern Nevada in the Reno area, we're the high desert, so it's dry. Uh, our humidity right now is fourteen percent. Mm. So that that that's our that's our humidity, and that's low. And when there and that's because if you see behind me, we've got clouds rolling in. We've got thunderstorms happening. if yeah. All of a sudden, I'm not here. It's because we lost power. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> that would be the worst show. Just me talking about
2: yeah. <laughs> this Philly series by myself. <laughs> I'll call in. I can call in because I'll have. Hey. I'll have Power on my phone, but
1: there yeah. you go uh, so the 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 hottest that i 've seen is uh one hundred and seventeen, like I said, yeah, uh, and somebody i I was talking to somebody and I said that that was the that that was how hot it was and and he said,
2: Does it even get that hot in Death Valley? which kind of took me uh, off guard I think it does, I believe it does. I drove through Death Valley down to Vegas a few months back vegas we had 108 something like that one day Mm -hmm. um and then driving through death valley it was it was a good 102 103 but it does get up there and and i can't even imagine uh well well, let's take a look let's see and and it's probably not going to be like that right now because it's kind of strange this summer i've been looking in vegas has been cooler than normal oh it's 122 in death valley right now so Okay. There okay. You, there you go. Um <laughs> uh, and so, it's gonna be 123 tomorrow. Jeez. <laughs> so hopefully
1: everybody is finding ways to stay as cool as possible and also to stay sane. Yeah. That's the other thing is the heat yeah. kind of makes people cranky and you know there there's no judgments here. I get it. It's it sucks. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> um but yeah, you know, it's yeah, I, I was thinking man, I need to throw on my AC, but in California, we're getting these updates and some of it through my own next door website. They don't want you to, well, unfortunately, from four to nine, they want you to use as as least amount of electricity as possible. And I say that as I got lights here so that we can record this podcast. (laughs) Um, But they also said, try and keep your house at like 78 because everyone's just C- cranking on the AC, so I was like, yeah. "Okay, like I'm, I, I don't want to dial up the AC. So
2: if I get a little sweaty, that that. T- <laughs> it's well, it's funny. We don't we we open all the windows because in the morning here in Reno. You could wake up in the morning, it could be like fifty nine so you open all the windows and just get that nice cool air, yeah, but then it shoots up, and then all of a sudden by ten o'clock in the morning it's ninety, so the heat starts pouring in. We don't turn on the a c until like around one or two o'clock, and by that time the house is already eighty six like in the house, so um so we're okay with you know conserving and doing all that because we don't keep the a c on colder than seventy eight usually. Yeah at any point. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right. So, I guess we should probably talk about some Giants baseball because yeah, when sure. we last left people, uh the Giants were beginning a series with the Padres and they played competitively and had some opportunities to win, but ultimately did get swept and it's not fun, especially when San Diego comes into our house and uh, and takes it takes three games and you know we were getting updates from my son Hot Take Bry and he he's just he's just the worst luck with
2: <laughs> Giants games
1: <laughs> uh, but he did so when Jock hit that moonshot, that bon, I think John Miller called it a Bonzian blast
2: he did yes if you, if you
1: if you pause it as as the ball is going you know over the foul pole you see bry and they're throwing the arm up like yeah <laughs> in in the right field uh, the right that field area uh but then the phillies came into town and i meant to do this before but i have the i have the uh, standings up the phillies came to town and they are battling for a playoff spot and so i'm thinking like Oh, we're gonna see their best, and that th- they're in good shape for the wild card, but it's not like they've locked anything in. no, no, if you're a Phillies fan, how frustrated are you <laughs> that the Giants who were lifeless, they'd lost seven in a row, and they in the game one Friday night, they just put it to Philadelphia. I would have been so mad as a Phillies fan that this team just beats bumps on Phil uh, on the Phillies. And it wasn't even close.
2: Well, and insult to injury, the guy managing the giants is the guy they fired mm-hmm. because he couldn't, they didn't think he was, had what it took to get them over the hump. And <laughs> here they are now battling for that spot. Their, their manager right now is Rob Thompson, right? Cause didn't they yes. fire Girardi this season? Middle I think of the so. Season, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of lit a fire under them. So this is Rob Thompson's, not Robbie Thompson. Uh this is Rob Thompson's um kind of uh, uh audition to right. get the job next year. Right. So uh yeah, that's gotta be and Philly fans Philly fans of any sport, they can be pretty forgiving, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure they're I'm sure they're giving Philly radio a handful right now. Ka- um, Kapler should have Kapler should have come out in the Santa Claus costume. Oh. Like, oh my God. Yes. Get booed. I, and I heard that there were a lot of uh, Philly fans in San Francisco this weekend, um, you know, bought up some tickets, went to the game, thought, Oh yeah, we're going to watch it. A, a, you know, a beat up on the giants, beat up on Kapler. Mm-hmm. Did not happen, man. So,
1: Giants win 13 to one. We don't have to talk about the, the Padres stuff because like you said, they, they fought hard, but uh, ultimately the the Padres, uh, you know, I, I guess if you, if this is a, a, a podcast where you pick on Tyler Rogers, you can kind of lay blame to him for one of those games uh, yeah. against the Padres. Cause I thought he gave up a, a knock and then uh, a home run and then a, another double. I think that that scored runs, but they also couldn't get it done against Josh Hader. So, in the, in the Phillies series, though, here here's the the game that I really want to ask you about because uh, Radone just on fire gets double digit strikeouts again, and then the bullpen does him so dirty. Yeah, was yeah. it Brebia
2: who gave up a three run jack? It was Brebia. We're talking now. We're going back with Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday. Talking about Sunday's game. Yes, Brebbia. I, and it's a little bit frustrating too. Brebbia is a guy um, that is kind of a lock for the bullpen again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, had, had a pretty, a really good season last year. But I swear, I feel like every time. And, and when you look at his numbers, he's, he hasn't been awful this season, but no, I swear. I, th- every I, th- time, I thought he's been. He's
1: generally been pretty good, but yeah. I would love to see the numbers that show. You know, cause, cause in some, in some, you know, some moments are a little bit harder than others when, when you're using a bullpen for four innings, like if he's throwing the sixth inning, that's different than when he's throwing the eighth inning. And I kind of want to see what those numbers look like when he's in higher leverage situations.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we, I might be able to kind of split those on baseball reference. Let me see. Uh, let me look at his 2022 splits. Um. If we look at, oh, uh, I, I, I want to give him a little
1: bit of okay, a, a, lo- a little bit here because he did pitch the night before he threw right. a two thirds of an inning and gave up one hit, which dropped the ERA to 2.60 and it was his 16th hold of the season. So he was he was being used on back to back days for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that and that's the thing, and and we've talked about too. Even though it's September call up time, we're not going from twenty five to forty like we used to do in the yeah. past. We're going from twenty six to twenty eight. You're just yeah. adding two more guys. Yeah, uh, but it, his seventh inning numbers, he has an ERA of four point six zero, of of point. Two nine four, which I believe is the league average. I was looking at something today, and the league average is 0. .291 for Babbitt. Mm. Um, and so he's right at the league average in the seventh inning. But then in the eighth inning, his ERA is a little bit lower, but his Babbitt is three uh, is .368, so it's pretty high. And that's the majority of his innings are the, seven, or, uh, the seventh and the eighth. He's pitched in uh, 29 of his... Uh, uh of his innings this year so from the seventh through the ninth he's pitched in 34 innings total uh with an era of 3.71 and a babb of 0.320 um so yeah i just i feel like every time i, I brebbia comes in i go this is either going to be all or nothing um, there's never a, like an in-between, like I'm going to walk a batter and then, uh, you know, I'll get a ground ball double play and then I'll get out of the end. Mm-hmm. No, it's like if, if he walks a batter or gives up a base hit, it could get ugly very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, as his, his stuff, from what I noticed since Colorado was up and in Colorado, it's going to be up. That's just the way it's going to be. But since then, a lot of his stuff is just kind of hanging, uh, belt or higher, um, so so it is a little bit frustrating. I f- feel bad for the guy, but, um, you know, Giants fans want to walk off. We want to walk off. <laughs> so as soon as it happened, I go, hey, you know what? That sets us up for this walk off in the bottom of the ninth. And Wilmer. sure enough, yeah, sure enough, Wilmer, we got it.
1: L- line drive shot that uh, doesn't probably barely gets higher than the actual fence that it went over. <laughs> to, to win the game. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was cool. Cause you got to see the, the team walk off and, and uh, you know, there there was some, it looked like it was fun for uh, a little while, at least, you know, they haven't, oh, they yeah. haven't seen like they've been having fun in a while. So that was nice to see for sure.
2: Is that the, the Lewis Brinson effect?
1: I, yeah. Least... So that I was yeah. I actually wanted to talk about him and, I had no idea who this guy was before we traded for him. Now he's an older player who was a pretty big prospect uh, many years ago. So, you know, whenever the Giants signed those guys, and we, we mentioned this before, when the Giants are winning and they take a chance on a guy like that, you're like, oh, man. Zadie, smart guy there on the margins. <laughs> and then when they're losing, it's like, come on, dude. Again, yeah. can't we just get someone who we've heard of before? <laughs> but yeah, Brinson, he's he's
2: a big dude. Yeah, he is a big guy. He, so he was a, a 29th overall pick in 2012. So when the Giants were winning their second World <laughs> Series of the 3, Brinson was drafted and he was going to be a you know, he was a big prospect, first rounder, Texas Rangers took him. I remember I think when he was with Florida, uh you know cuz we we play a lot of fantasy baseball, so we were yeah. we're always looking at the, you know, this year what is it gunner henderson and right, you right, know, all right. those guys who were coming up uh so i remember that in, in and i don't remember what year it was but whatever year it was that he came up uh i grabbed him i thought oh this, this guy's gonna be great he hit 199 on the season um i can't even remember if he hit double digit home runs that year uh I actually got his numbers here let's see uh <sighs> Yeah, so his his real rookie season, because in 2017, so five years after being drafted, he came up with Milwaukee, mm-hmm. um, hit 106 in 47 at-bats, and then uh, was traded to Miami, so 24 years old, 2018. Uh, f- you can call it a full season. It's the most games he's ever played in the majors in one season. He played 109 games that year, 382 at-bats, uh, buck 99. So, not even Mendoza line. Uh 120 strikeouts and 382 at bats. Uh hit uh 11 home runs, so double digit home runs. So the, so the power has always been there and that's kind of what they talked about when mm-hmm. uh, when we were able to trade for him. And and here's the whole thing too. It's after the trade deadline. There are no more waiver wire trades like there used to be back in the day under the new CBA that doesn't exist. So in order now to trade for somebody after the trade deadline, it has to be a minor league player. You can't be trading 40-man roster guys uh, unless they're DFA'd, pass-through waivers, end up in your AAA, and they're truly a minor league guy, then you can go ahead and trade. He was on a minor league contract, or I think it might actually... think it might actually have to be on a minor league contract. So he was on a minor league contract um, and the giants were able to trade for him for just cash considerations. Right. Um, And he's had 11 at bats now for the giants. Um, Just kind of tearing it up. he has got a fun attitude. Looks like he's having a good time him. And uh, after his, I think after his second home run, he was sitting and walking past, he kept walking past B craw and B craw you could see was kind of, prodding them a little bit with something, and they were laughing. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're having a good time. You know, this team is having a good time. Again, they're in Los Angeles, a place they haven't won this year, uh, to see them go in there and uh, take game one of a three-game series against the juggernaut Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Um, And, and they're going to win the division, obviously. The Dodgers are go, going to win the division. It's just prolonged at this point. Uh, I think their magic number is eight right now. Hmm. Um. So there's no way that they can clinch playing against the Giants, which is good. You know, the Giants will <laughs> they'll, they'll get out of town before any of that happens. Um. But but yeah, watching Princeton, like I said, he is a big dude. What what are his what are his measurements? He's 6'5", two twelve. Six five outfielder. Um,
1: yeah, he, he, covers a lot of ground. Look, you know who he looked. You know he looked a little bit like and. Uh this this player comes up because uh you know we play the the MLB of the show. Mm. O'Neal Cruz is also mm. like a giant tall guy. I and mean, when when he stands at the plate, you're like, geez, he's so tall. That's what I thought yeah. with 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 him. It was like, man, he's like almost as tall as O'Neill Cruz. And it just looks weird because you don't necessarily see those tall guys like an Aaron Judge unless they're there's just these giant power hitters. So
2: yeah. And, and also you got to figure too. O'Neil Cruz is that big and he plays shortstop, which yeah. is amazing. And, uh, uh, Marco Luciano is a tall guy, uh, kind of a big guy and he's our shortstop, uh, of the future. And there's, you know, still talk of it. Will he end up playing third base? Will he be converted to the outfield? But, um, you're starting to see taller and taller position players uh, get chances to to be out there. And again, if you, if you can hit for power, which obviously we've seen he can do that, he, he also strikes out. That's just the way that's going to be. Um, but you know, happy to have him on the team. I'm excited. I, I know a lot of fans are just kind of like, "Well, we took you know old prospect this yeah. guy who, I mean, he's 20 what 28 years old, um, still has plenty of time." to 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 try to shine um did i get his age right oh can't find it of course uh 28 yeah so he's 28 years old right now um so there's still plenty of time to grow plenty of time to shine um he is uh arbitration eligible i think for the first time next year so the giants have some control um i think they would have to get him on the 40 man he's probably going to be rule 5 eligible mm-hmm. uh during the off season so that, and he's on the 40 man right now they're going to have to keep him on the 40 man in the off season um so so again a lot of guys right now are just kind of getting that chance uh to shine getting a little bit of an audition so it's a fun we talked about it last week you can look at this season be a grumpy fan and yeah. say, oh, this team won 107 games last year and they're, you know, what are they doing? Zadie doesn't know what he's doing and, and you know, Kapler doesn't fire them all. Or you could look at it and say, well, you know, they won 107 games last year. They could do it again. Zadie doesn't like to make, you know, he likes consistency. So Kapler's probably going to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you could just look at all these guys being auditioned and say, well, well this is what we could have next year and and build on that through free agency and a couple of call-ups
1: all right before we get to our player of the week because we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this player um let's talk about what we're drinking and on a very very hot day where and and look you know we we Especially in California, people say, oh, gosh, can't complain about the weather and agreed (laughs) like, you know, 90 percent of the time can't complain about the weather. But on a day like this, where it's sort of unexpected, did you what 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 did you go to for like to I don't know, I don't I I don't even think I chose something to stay cool. I just kind of chose something where I was like, this is just what I'm feeling today.
2: Yeah, I well so I was just outside with the tree guy. We've got a tree issue. So I was just standing out there in the 103 or 102 and it was uh lots of wind. <clears throat> so my throat got a little dried up. Um so I'm starting with the hot mug of water. I yeah. Some, so you can some talk. hot water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I like um on nice hot days, sometimes I'll go for the the tequila and the grapefruit, Zevia, um, I was going to make, I, I made a lemon lime and uh, a lemon lime Zevia and tequila drink over the weekend. And that was very good. But today I went for the Zevia ginger ale mm. um, and the budget Kentucky best whiskey from Trader Joe's. There you Can't go. go wrong with that. No, not at all. It's uh, aged four years, 40%. So it's 80 proof. Uh, and it's refreshing. It's nice and cool. So what do you got? So, you know, you know, you uh,
1: buy probably buy too too many bottles when you kind of forget about one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like you go into your cabinet and you're like, wait, when did I buy this? What's going on here? Uh, So I was I was in because I I was in Chicago all weekend and uh, the night before. I had to go to sleep early and I'm like, Oh God, how am I going to go to sleep early? I was like, Oh, have a drink. That'll kind of, you know, calm me down now. It won't help me sleeping because generally uh, when I drink, my deep sleep is kind of affected, but yeah. Um, But I was like, I, you know, I, I do need to kind of like, you know, I'm not in that mode of like calming down and going to sleep until I'm closer to like 1130 midnight. So to do that at like nine o'clock because I had a six o'clock flight, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had a little bit of anxiety around that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have a drink. And uh, I, I think I mentioned um, there was a, a Johnny Walker rye that I found that was really good. And I'm not necessarily a rye person, but I really liked it. It's like, wow, this was really good. So uh, I don't know. A couple months ago, I, I found another rye that I wanted to try. And the reason why, and I'm going to ask you if you know what this is. As my light just went out on me, I'll oh, in no. A second <laughs> No, And when you're talking, I'll fix the light. Um, chill filtered. Do you know what chill filtered is? Because I don't. This, this ride. The reason why I bought it is because it said it was chill filtered. And I was like, oh, I kind of I want to buy it, and then I want to learn what chill filtered means.
2: Interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of Chill Filtered.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm going to read from the website, The Whiskey Advocate. And it's, it spells whiskey the way that the Japanese whiskeys are spelled without the E-Y. It's just the S-K-Y. So right. that's the website. Whiskey that's Advocate. like a Scotch, Scotch whiskey as well is, is without an E. Okay, it says, a whiskey doesn't go from still to barrel to bottle in pristine form. Along with sediment from the barrel, chemical compounds like fatty acids, proteins, and long-chain esters are present in the final product. In whiskeys lower than about 46% ABV, these chemical compounds create a cloudiness or haze when the whiskey is chilled. The haze doesn't pose any hazards to those who drink it, but for aesthetic reasons, most distilleries choose to filter it out using a process called Chill filtration. Chill filtration is performed the way it sounds by lowering the temperature of the whiskey to several degrees below freezing. At this temperature, the whiskey is still liquid and the haze producing compounds have clumped together. The liquid is passed through a series of filters made of materials ranging from paper to metal to crushed seashells that trap all the compounds larger (laughs) than several microns. The amount of compounds and sediment removed depends on the number of filters, the speed at which the whiskey passes through them and the pressure at which it's filtered. So this is very much a looks thing over uh, rather than it
2: has anything to do with the taste or, or or whatever. So that, that was pretty interesting. Chill filter. And that, and that comes from, so like when you distill, when you brew. uh, So when I used to brew beer, um, I would you would brew up the beer and you brew an ale so it would ferment at like anywhere from 64 to 72 degrees, you kind of keep it, you know, wrap it in blankets if it was during the winter and it was in the house and just kind of keep it warm. Uh but then you would cold crash it uh during the the clarifying process. So you can you could actually move it to another bucket when it was done fermenting, then take that bucket and stick it in like a thing of ice, just put ice and cold water around it. And that would crash everything, all the sediments out. So then after you bottled it and you'd pour your beer, you'd have a nice clear looking uh, pale ale instead of cloudy. Now everybody wants cloudy and hazy when it comes to, um, you know, beers. They want the juicy, hazy beer. So you don't see a lot of, you know, you don't see many clear beers unless they're loggers anymore, but can we just call it chiltration? Yeah. Why don't why don't they call it that? It's marketing right there, man. Yeah. You didn't even have a marketing <laughs> degree and you came up with that. That's right. <laughs> well, actually I do. I have a I have an advertising minor. So. Oh. That's there right. you go. There you go. That's there I used go. it. All right. I'll never use it again, but that's
1: <laughs> all right. So yeah. So I have my my rye uh with a with a rock and it's it's chill, filtered, nice. and also chilled because of the ice. Um, I like that. But so I, I will say, I think
2: I'm becoming a fan of rye. Rye is, you know what? If you like bread, which I love bread. <laughs> so if you like bread, you're going to like rye. I mean, rye, especially just a rye on the rocks. Yeah. Mm, during the winter, you get that nice kind of. Heat to it, a little tiny spiciness oh, yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that.
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the player of the week because I think, well, I know who won because I looked it up. But this yeah. player uh, w- w- was a big reason why the Giants did win uh, those games in Philly. Uh, and 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 he had, a, he had a pretty big week. And, you know, we kind of mentioned him, so I'll tease that. We mentioned him in, in the Hot Take Bry game that he went to. But read off uh, who the player of the week is.
2: All right. we got three picks coming in third place, last place, the player that I voted for. Cool. (laughs) I I voted for Logan Webb. Yeah. Only because I was happy to see him get back on track, make some great pitches, get the breaking stuff working again, down around the knees, dropping to the shins, the feet. I, I loved what he was working with this week. So I gave him my vote. Logan Webb came in third. Two game starts this week. uh, One and one record. uh, Eleven and two thirds innings pitched. Two earned runs. A walk. Thirteen strikeouts in those eleven and two thirds, and a two point two six FIP, which is nice and nice and tiny and compact. And uh, thought he pitched really well.
1: So to kind Um, of just just you we we were counting uh, last Tuesday to this Tuesday, right?
2: correct so we went tuesday or to tuesday, uh, to, monday. Well, tuesday, to, tuesday monday. to monday yeah tuesday usually we do monday to sunday uh but since we've been doing the shows on tuesday lately because of uh you know all kinds of other things so we we've been doing uh so this week was yes tuesday
1: i think we'll be monday. back next monday though by the way just yeah. it was just the day so. and and stuff uh, the another thing i saw was mm-hmm. that in his previous three starts so he was the the winning pitcher against the dodgers last night in his previous three starts he gave up a combined three earned runs,
2: and he got the loss in every single one of those starts. Gee, yeah. So, yeah, and that's because I think one of those games he had given up six earned runs. They figured out there was an error instead of a hit, and uh, they all almost all of them became yeah unearned. So if you can if you can give somebody. Uh, Antiquated stat, right? Wins, losses. Sure. Uh, if you, if you can if you can say he pitched well enough to get the win, can you give him the win? I mean, if he if he gave up <laughs> one earned run and the opposing pitcher gave up three earned runs, but you lost six to three, I mean, or six to two or whatever, can, can you give him the win? I mean, I think I think we could fix that. I think we can change that now. Say or or should be. Uh, you know, instead of seven and six, he should be uh, 12 and four. I, that was quick math. It's probably totally wrong. But <laughs> so, yeah, coming in second, Tyro Estrada, 15.8% of the vote, uh, 333 average on the week, 418 Woba, one home run, four ribbies, uh, stolen base. So now he has, what, 17 or 18 on the year? Uh, 15.4% walk rate. Uh, I, again, another one of our unsung heroes that yeah. is just, you know, goes out there and plays ball. I think I looked today and his war is only 2.0 though. Um, and I even think that's offensive war. His batting war is just 2.0, but it, it he seems to kind of be in the middle of it whenever we look, um, so, coming in with the player of the week win this week, Jock Peterson, an insane week. He only had 16 at-bats this week, but he hit five thirty-eight with a six sixty-seven Woba, a 1,000 BABIP, two home runs, 11 RBI, and five runs. Player of the week, Jock Peterson. The The 1,000 BABIP, does that mean that every ball he hit should have been a, a base hit under normal circumstances i don't think you can have can you have a 1000 Babip? that's what it is that's what it was this week uh, according to fan graphs he had a 1000 Babip. so
1: i think that means that every time he put the ball in play he got a hit so I think the means- only times he made
2: outs was when he struck out yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, so that's what it is. Batting average on um, balls in play.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. So, so he every time he put wood on the baseball, he got a hit.
2: Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I mean but he hit 538 for the week. So it's really not that out of out of the ordinary. Only had 16 at bats,
1: but yeah. So he had nine hits and seven strikeouts.
2: Yes. <laughs> I believe a, so. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that stat. Yeah, well, I'd have to a, pull up his stats again, but yeah. I'm so happy you
1: pulled that up because I didn't think that would necessarily be possible, but he did hit. He did get a couple of like little blooper shots like against the lefties. Cause he hit he mm-hmm. he hit against some lefties this week and there was like little dunk shots over the second baseman and little bloop shots in front of the right fielder. That's
2: awesome. What an amazing stat. So here it is. Yep, here it is. Okay, so I was wrong. 16 plate appearances, 13 at-bats because he did walk twice. I think he got hit by a pitch as well. Yeah, hit by pitch. Um, So in 13 at-bats. Seven hits. He got seven hits, six strikeouts. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Eleven ribbies in his seven hits as well. And so look, every hit I, counted for something. The the thing,
1: the most memorable, and this was even in the loss was was the San Diego game. Mm. But that home run was beautiful. Oh yeah, especially oh, he's like, just on an absolute tear right now. Like night games at at uh, Oracle. I always want to call it AT and T. I know N- night games at Oracle are tremendous. Like if you, if you, sometimes it can be cold and and windy, but I remember it was uh, during the, one of the first two world series and you know, all the, all the, almost all the games in, in, in the world series or, or even in, in the, in the playoffs or in the evening. And I was, I think it was that Okay. So it was the second, sorry, it was 2012. It was the St. Louis series. And I remember oh, before Ishikawa hit the home run, there was a a camera shot of at that time AT and T, and I was like, "How lucky are we to have this ballpark?" Because it looked amazing on TV, and I've been, you know, I've been to tons of night games, and yeah. and it can look majestic at times, like if the lights and and everything is sort of like perfect, and uh, that shot when he hit it in that in the evening. Into the water, like everything was perfect about that moment, and I was like, only yeah. I, I, except that they didn't win. If they would have won, right. that that would have been one of the best games of the season, just because of the way it looked. So, uh, oh yeah. yeah, it was awesome.
2: No, it's it's fantastic. I remember two thousand six. Went to an A's Giants game in June. Um, Ray Durham hit a three-run shot walk-off. Um that was a blast bonds hit like number seven fifty eight or something like that. Um, he had already passed. No, he hadn't passed the record yet. No, no, no. He was in the 600s still. Okay. Cause this was 2006. Yeah. So he was still in the 600s. I have a, I took a picture of it and I actually have it framed in my office at work. Um, as he's crossing home plate with the number up on there. So I'll, I'll try to get a picture of that. Um, But I remember sitting third deck, about six or seven rows back, behind home plate. And you spend most of your time just kind of looking out at the bay, looking across the bay. It was a day game. It was nice and warm. It was beautiful, sitting in the sun, just having a really good time. We are blessed with a really nice ballpark. Everybody talks about Dodger Stadium. Oh, you haven't been to Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's nice, but it's old. It's not... uh, it's a cookie-cutter stadium. It is not the dimensions of Oracle. It is not the feel of Oracle. It is not the Bay Breeze of Oracle. You can't hit a ball in the ocean at at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just comparing it with Dodger Stadium because I hate that place so much. <laughs> N- never been there, but I, I know I hate it. <laughs>
1: Uh, the 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 slate that we used for this show. This is why. I work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, so okay, I, I agree with you because I have been to Dodger Stadium. Mm. I haven't been to Dodger Stadium in the evening, though. I, I, I imagine it's pretty great in the evening. I like yeah. Dodger Stadium, and I know that might be, you know, maybe something the Giants fans don't want to hear. But when I did go, and this was probably, gosh, late 90s. Uh and I thought I thought it was I thought it was awesome. It was it was really fun to watch a Giants Dodgers game there. Now I I wasn't fearing for my life when I went <laughs> and I, you know <laughs> w- when both teams are good kind of you, you're a little worried about that just just because but yeah, it had a good time and I, it is, you know, it I there is a classicness to that park because it has been around for so long and they haven't had to build a new stadium, right? And you kind of wonder, you're like, oh, right. at some point, it's probably worth it to build something, but I think it's one of the cla- – it's like, you know, it's not Wrigley. Wrigley has – and it's not Fenway. Like, those parks have, yeah. like, this mystique and this historical uh, landmark kind of thing to them. But I think as the years go by – may get closer to those statuses. Like Dodger Stadium may become, you know, sort of a historical landmark as well. But uh, you know, I kind of hope they lose all of their games in Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it's
2: not happening <laughs> well, this year, but Yeah. And 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 you know, us Giants fans, how we are, when the Giants don't make the playoffs this year and the Dodgers make the playoffs, all we can hope for is that the Dodgers don't get out of their first round of games and, and then we can gloat again and say, well, you built all that for nothing. Um, you know, that's what we look forward to. That's sad. We're sad this year, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. So
1: let's talk about uh somebody who he's had a great season. And I think we're kind of worried. No, not even worried. Like we, we knew what we were getting into when he signed is, is Carlos Radon. <clears throat> yeah. My worry, because I feel like this guy is one hundred percent an ace, and if you believe that Logan Webb is also an ace, you're like, "Wow, we kind of have two aces on this team, two dependable starters alex webb um uh is has been tremendous like so that's like three really good and dependable starters, and I feel like the second that Rodone goes, okay, opting out." you know, going to try and find a five-year deal somewhere. I think the Giants are going to lose a little bit more than maybe we would have thought when this deal happened. Because when, when this deal happens, we're thinking like, oh, you know, we're going to be back in the playoffs. This guy's going to be throwing fastballs. But now that we're not, I'm worried that he leaves and we cannot fill that spot unless they find, you know, unless Zadie does his magic and finds another sh- a short deal on somebody who maybe doesn't maximize the value because, you know, Redone should have had a five-year deal. He should have had a five-year, $100 million deal somewhere. But teams were a little worried about his, his injury history. And the guy has been lights out. He's been amazing. 157.1 innings, 120 hits, and 201 strikeouts. 11.5 strikeouts per nine. Just tremendous. And I, I'm like, can is there a way we can bring him back like I don't know the, this is starting to hit me that we're not gonna be able to see this guy pitch for another you know after another month uh and maybe this stint with the Giants is just gonna be a short thing on his resume like oh yeah I pitched for the Giants in 2022.
2: You know what? <clears throat> so the money's gonna be there. Um Rodon can make more than 22 million next year. That that's you know, what his option is for, he can pick it up himself and say, I'm just staying here for 22. But the way he's pitched this year and the way he stayed healthy, Mm -hmm. he could probably make 30, uh, if not a little bit more than that, the giants have the money. Um, they can easily do that. Okay. So I, I, I kind of put together a little bit, some free agents, some arbitration guys. So next year belt off the books, Flores off the books, they're going to want to bring Flores back. I'm sure Peterson off the books, that's only 6 million, but they're probably going to want to bring him back to on a multi-year deal, maybe two or three years. Do um, You think that happens? by the way? I think that happens. I think if, if it comes down to, and again, it shouldn't come down to Flores or Peterson. I think they can resign both of them and resign Rodon, um, and continue to build from the outside as well. Um, but if they bring back Peterson, uh, I mean, he's probably easily worth uh, two years, 18, maybe, you, you know, nine, $3 million raise next year uh, and then nine for the next season. I think they could do that. And I think he'd be happy to stay in San Francisco. But, but what's, what do you there. think stops him from
1: being a 12 to $16 million player? Is it because the fact that he only hits righties? Is it the defense? because like if you put his numbers yeah, yes and yes <laughs> <laughs> well cuz if you put his numbers up and you just look at his numbers on paper and you're like oh like he should fit what a team who is contending is looking for
2: he he should and i think he could still get that he could still get a 12 million dollar deal somewhere 15 million dollar deal mm-hmm. if somebody sees him as a full-time DH but then you'd have to be comfortable with him facing lefties. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't think at this point of his career you have enough of a sample size. I mean, you've got plenty of years of a sample size to say he's not going to magically start hitting lefties. Yeah. Um but but what's going to keep him from coming back to San Francisco um is the fact that they didn't make the playoffs this year. And and he mentioned already that he's played for a division winner in every season that he's played in the majors so far, except for this year. Um, is that going to discourage him? I don't think so, especially mm-hmm. if Zadie has a game plan. He came here for a reason, and it wasn't because the Giants were a lock for a playoff spot this year, because they certainly were not even after winning 107 games. By the way, I keep talking like we're out of it. On September 1st, <laughs> you you know you're, you're pulling with. us back in.
1: You <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are doing I mean, this right now.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> our playoff odds on September 1st were 0.1% according to fan graphs. After this four-game winning streak, our playoff odds have shot up to 1%. <laughs> so, so it's not over. It's not over, Giants fans. On May 13th of this year, our highest odds of making the playoffs were 79%. And they've, they've dropped a little bit since then <laughs> by, by 78%. But that, I think that's the only thing that's going to keep Jock Peterson from, from wanting to stay. I think Flores might be a lock to stay. Interesting. Um You know, I I think he's played a lot of baseball. I think he understands that he's got a good thing here in San Francisco. He's got playing time. The Giants have a lot of positions for him to kind of float around in. He makes a great DH. Uh, He crushes as a right-handed hitter. I think the Giants are probably going to want to do what they can to to keep him. Mm -hmm. Um, J.D. Davis is an arbitration guy next year. They probably try to get him as well. Evan yeah. Longoria uh, has made what? What was Evan Longoria's contract this year? Um,
1: let me see. I, oh I, I, I have Spot Track open, so let me see. Okay, all right, it.
2: thanks. Because I think I oh no, I didn't close my page. He's 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 making nineteen point six seven million this year. Evan Longoria. Yes. His his pickup next year, his option is five million. A paltry five million. I know he's going to be thirty-seven next year, um, but five million dollars for a guy who does what he does and hits how he hits. Uh, why not? Right? Have a veteran presence on the on the books for five million. Okay, but if they buy him out
1: for five million, that is mm-hmm. them essentially saying, "Go find another team." Yes. If they didn't want to buy him out, he's coming back at thirteen.
2: Oh, that's right. So the difference of eight, right. 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 So so a difference of 8 million, which really isn't that much again, for a guy like Longoria, um, you can pay the 8 million. Uh, I I think, um, you know, again, veteran presence, play third base. You can kind of start to work in VR at third base. Uh, JD Davis is going to be there at third base. Um, David VR is a guy that um, they kind of wanted him to get play a little bit of first base the rest of the year as well, possibly some second base, and then possibly some left field. Um, so I think they're trying to make uh, VR a little bit of a, a hop-around type of guy um, who could play a lot of positions. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think getting Peterson and Flores back next year is kind of key. To keep going, I know a lot of people want to flush this. Yeah. Like flush this whole thing and just start all over again. That would be, to me, that would be the absolute biggest mistake Mm -hmm. uh, that they can make. Because again, the team won 107 games last year. They're a 500 club this year. I think you can continue with the pieces you have, um, cut off, you know, trim off some of the fat. Get some players via free agency, via trades. But you're saying uh, we're si- we're signing. We're we're, we're going to get Otani. Otani and Josh. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's what I mean by building. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> building, building from the outside. You know, if, if Otani, if the
1: Giants were able to bring Otani over, he would be the single biggest fan favorite since Tim Lincecum, and it wouldn't be close. Yes,
2: that would be amazing. He, he, he would be a bigger Bay Area rock star than anybody in Metallica. Right? <laughs> he would. I mean, he would have a following. Oh yeah. I don't buy baseball jerseys of current players, but I would buy an Otani Orange Friday jersey. Yeah. And he and he would and he would make up all of us
1: trying to make shinjo happen
2: oh he would make it up yes yes <laughs> oh poor Yoshi shinjo and, and
1: by the way I, I i uh i'm half japanese which is why i made that joke because yeah. the second that shinjo was on this team every single asian giants fan that i know we were like that's our guy yeah and so that the, the just 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 in case people I, that that was not meant yeah. to be offensive.
2: No, no, um, no. And I loved him too. When he came here, I go, you know what? San Francisco. Uh we had the first uh Asian American baseball right. player uh ever in the history of baseball. Right. Um so I thought for Shinjo, I go, wow, this is great. Cuz he started with the Mets, right? He was with the Mets. Yes. Came over to the Giants and I thought, well, this is good because you know he's in San Francisco, different coast. He's going to flourish. You know he played baseball.
1: <laughs> he just, <laughs> you know he he would he would be he would be if he was in playing today, he would be Kapler's eighth and ninth inning center fielder. That's what he would do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, last night was fun to watch because the Giants got out to a big lead and then went defensive, and that's the baseball that I love. So to see Kapler do that last night, I was very excited and very happy about that. I'd love to see that. And he has the health now. Yeah. He has the health, and Zadie's given him the pieces now to say, now you can do this. So maybe that's a taste of what we're going to get a little bit more of next year.
1: So what did you think of them taking David VR out of the game after he hit the home run?
2: I thought that was fine. Uh, I, again, um, you know, uh, looking at articles today and kind of at first I was like, "Wow, September." Yeah, but it's the Dodgers, right? And and Web, like the article, an article I read, I can't remember. I think it might have been the Athletic, uh, and it might have been Baggerly. You know, if I'm if I'm wrong on this, correct me. But I, I think he was talking about how Web deserves this yes. at this point. It's it September. was clear. It was
1: clearly about. You know, like, like I mentioned that Webb had only given up three earned runs in the previous three yeah. uh, stints, and, and he had all three losses. So, that, that, I mean, it was clear that that's what they were going for. And, and you're right, the Dodgers, yeah. it means they really want to beat this team because, if anything, you know, the season's been a bit of a, a frustrating season, but beating the Dodgers always means something.
2: And they were what zero and eight in Dodger Stadium coming into this series. So you yeah. don't want to leave there getting swept in three and end up zero and eleven on the season in Dodger Stadium. That's embarrassing for your rival. So um, pulling the strings the way he did last night, I I, I liked it. It felt like um, you know it felt like late nineties, early two thousands managing. Where okay, we got a lead. Let's go defensive now. Let's make some plays, and and it paid off big time. There were three great plays in the game. So. Um, That last play of the game, that was a little bit frightening. (laughs)
1: Did you you think Tyro was throwing that thing in the dugout? Because I did.
2: I was pretty sure it was (laughs) not going to reach Flores. Yes, I was (laughs) a little bit frightened. And what about (laughs) that stretch from Flores? The guy does not move well, but that
1: was a nice stretch there.
2: That's what I'm telling you. He got to keep him around next year because he can play some positions. He will make when he gets to the ball. He yeah. will make some plays, <laughs> but you know. And it was it was
1: actually Longoria who made the throwing error, right? Was he the one that made it? The was throwing yes, errors? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to this week and the rest of this week, since we already are on Tuesday. Um, I uh, 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 this is a <laughs> kind of an insane week if you look is, at the man. schedule.
2: It's it's crazy.
1: So the so as we are recording, the the Giants play the Dodgers in about an hour. And then tomorrow, they have a day game. So Wednesday, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, uh, 1-10. And then they got to go all the way to Milwaukee and play a double header. Two games, the only day that they're going to be in Milwaukee, and then they go and play the Cubs for three at Chicago. Wacky, (laughs) wacky, 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 (laughs) wacky, wacky, wacky (laughs) wacky scheduling. That's and, the lockout. Yes. And, and you know, the thing about... I think if the Giants were, like, independent... Like, even in the wild card race, I'd be looking at this going, like, oh, man, this is so unfair. But, you know, they're, like, seven and a half games behind in the third wild card spot. I'm like, ah, I don't know. As long as they have... You know, it's going to be kind of... I, I'm interested to see how Kapler handles those two games. I, I imagine... If uh, if the if any of those two games kind of get 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 out of uh, out of the way for him, you know we may see a, a position player pitching, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because he's you know because he's gonna want to like I, and I'm not saying that they're gonna throw away those Milwaukee games because you know they owe it to the teams who Milwaukee is battling for the wild card to try and win those games, but I think you know going to Chicago there's also going to be a wanting to play well because you go to Wrigley Field, you got all these young players who may have never, you know, they dream to play in Wrigley Field. You want you want to show in that series. And I, I don't know if they're going to give away two games, but I kind of wonder if the if, if you're looking at the importance of the next uh the next seven games, those two Brewers games may be the two least important games of the rest of the week.
2: Yeah. And you're right because they've got the Chicago games and then they've got, then they come home for Atlanta and the Dodgers. So, I mean, it's, and and this is in sandwiched in between sweeping the Phillies and then playing the Dodgers and possibly sweeping the Dodgers. Right. I'm yes. just going to talk that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> so as a giants Rams fan, Thursday is going to be wacky for me because got a Giants double header and a Rams home opener NFL opener on Thursday night against the Bills a possible Super Bowl preview that should be pretty insane. This is our our last show before before
1: football season. Okay, so so Stay with me on this. We'll we'll, we'll stay yeah, on this yeah. football thing. We're, we're you know, we're mostly done with with the the, the actual yeah. baseball part of the podcast. The Rams are the underdog.
2: Yeah. What's Rams going on? Under underdog at home. What is going um, on? One of their receivers is hurt. Uh so they're down to two receivers and two rookies, three well, two receivers, a second year player who has dropped some footballs in uh, Ben Scourin, um, and our Scowronic from uh, uh, Notre Dame? But last year, I don't know if you remember the NFC Championship game, he dropped that wide open touchdown against the Niners. Uh, that was so one he's of my third plays of the whole game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's their third receiver. And behind that, you've got uh, uh, Tutu Atwell, who was a rookie last year who got hurt and he's tiny i think the guy's smaller than me and then you've got another rookie in uh, mccutcheon this year Mm -hmm. so i think they're you know the odds makers are pretty much saying like well the rams don't have all their offensive weapons and but i would still bet on sean mcveigh at home in a big game to open the season i don't care who you're playing The Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're going to be all fired up, but they're coming across the country to open the season, and uh, Los Angeles is probably going to be what 103 degrees. Yeah, probably. Yeah, 100 degrees. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah, I was thinking. I was like, what? I mean,
1: obviously, the Bills are the hot team. Like everybody loves the Bills. But on the other end, I was kind of wondering is some of this related to this worry about Stafford? Like do I don't people think real- so. like what do you think about Stafford? Do you think he's going to be okay? Does he got a bum arm? Like what as a Rams fan, are you worried about him at all this season?
2: I'm not worried about him at all. He's played through, I mean, he's seen the guy break his ribs in the middle of a game a couple of years ago for Detroit, got up and finished the series. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not really worried about him. Um, you know, he's never been the the best deep ball thrower as it is. Um, I think the, the, the Rams have a little bit more of a running game this season. They have uh, more horses in the stable than they did last year. Um, they almost have like a, a three running back by committee uh, this year. And the last couple of years they were kind of fighting just to find two healthy guys. Um, so I think they're going to rely a little bit more on that. Higby is healthy. They're tied in uh, offensive line is always a question for the Rams. Last couple of seasons uh, Whitworth retired and, um, So you know there there's a lot of differences this year, but but I'm not worried about Stafford. He's such a tough guy. He's such a gamer. Um, You know, everything I've seen about the arm injury is it's just like they held him out of practice, held him out of all this stuff. Let's just keep it at bay. Everything's going to be fine. By the way, who's uh, your backup? Yeah, the backup is um, let's see, Bryce Perkins. Is that a, is, uh, that a he,
1: is that a real guy? Or is that like a Madden generated <laughs> name.
2: <laughs> Madden generated, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played for uh, Arizona State, Arizona Western, and Virginia, but he was a lot of um, you know, a, a lot of fun to watch. Well, no, actually, you know what? He is is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the guy who played the majority of the snaps uh, in the preseason for the Rams. Um, and then, uh, John Wolford is the other guy. And so I think they're holding on to three quarterbacks on the roster right now. Um, so I don't even think they really have a true, uh, a backup, but Bryce Perkins is a great runner type of quarterback. Um, a tough guy couldn't take him down during the preseason. So just let
1: Aaron Donald play quarterback, just have him just like stand back and people trying to
2: rush at him and he's like, what, what? Yeah, exactly. And, he up and they're like, okay, we're not messing with you. Um, well, and, the de- and that defense, I mean, you know, they're going to be after, you know, Josh Allen pretty much the entire game. So, Yeah,
1: that's, that's a great Thursday night game, like to open the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Whoo, oh, yeah. And then you got game. Bobby Wagner and the Rams have Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker now. They did, they, they've been struggling to find a linebacker for years. And now you've got Aaron Donald. In the in the front, you got Bobby Wagner, and then you got Jalen Ramsey. So yeah. it's you know putting together an all star defense. Other than Jalen Ramsey, though, at corner, that's a little questionable. So I can <laughs> see the, the two and a half point favorite spread for the for the bill.
1: I would, I, I, I think that mind. I think people are just really excited about the Bills, and I think the Bills are good, but I don't think they're going to be the world beater that a lot of people think they are.
2: No, I would love um, to see the Rams walk out of there. The Rams walk out of there with a you know. 33 to 7 win. Not that me. Way. No, well, no, not you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, just it, because it, I think
2: I think Bills fans are some of the worst. So
1: oh sorry, God. Bills fans. They're gonna you know. yeah, they're 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 gonna <laughs> jump off of a a a ladder and leg drop somebody to so, <laughs> they've got their wrestling moves down, man. Yeah. Um all right. So uh yeah, football season starts. Baseball season is ongoing. We're gonna keep doing podcasts about the Giants, and we'll figure. You know, when the the off season is is kind of closer than than we I think fans realize, There's like a month left, uh, and we'll have to figure. I think some of it is we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pay attention to the playoffs, and we'll, we'll talk about the playoffs as as they happen. But um, all right, we're gonna be done. We're done here. But just want to remind folks that uh, Brian, Hot Take Brian, and I do the death lineup on uh on this channel uh and we will be back on thursday for the live stream and then friday morning the podcast will be in the podcast feed we didn't do a show last week because i was going out of town and it just it was just like chaos And i was like you know what yeah let's take a break we'll be fine we'll be back next week and then sunday sunday afternoon after the niners bears myself and and Roderick adams I'm not saying this is 100 percent because we still have some things to figure out, but we're gonna try and do some live streams after, uh, after games and just kind of get like that quick uh, Niners, uh, you know, feel the, the temperature gauge about how the game just that that was just happening. I mean, really, they they really should beat the Bears, but you never know. It's in it's in Chicago, um, and and so we'll be back and we're gonna it's gonna be the first episode of the We Want Winners podcast, the the famous. Quote by Mike Singletary <laughs> when when he forced uh, Vern Davis to the sideline and to the locker room. We uh. want winners, uh, and and then uh, and then yeah. So you know we're kind of back into football. We also have the Red and Gold Standard, which is just going to be podcast only. That will not be in our YouTube or our, our Facebook uh, live stream. Just podcast. But yeah, we're you know we're BSPN. We're we're right smack in in the middle of like where all those the all three of the sports just kind of combine because the Warriors will be back in a month as well. Like it's kind of crazy that all yeah. of the sports will have a little bit of time. Where, gosh, that means I'm doing three shows a week. That's crazy.
2: <laughs> and college football is back. San Jose Dallas State, State is one and zero. Woohoo!
1: I know. Yeah. See, we need
2: to get Brad back to the Bay Area so we can go back yeah. to Spartan Stadium. Let's swing down, catch a game, pay tribute to Lawrence fan. Oh, absolutely. Just yeah, man. That'd be yeah. Cool. Lawrence fan didn't,
1: didn't let me speak to the guy that I wanted to speak to for very long, though. But oh, no, n- there's you know, no, no, there's I'm not mad about that. Obviously, no, now because no, no, he passed no. away, he's a very nice guy, but yeah. he was doing his job. I was like, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. more than 15 minutes for this interview <laughs> that's going to be recorded <laughs> and
2: played on the radio station. Yeah. Uh, well, we were kids, we were kids just trying to break into the business. Exactly. We want, 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 want. And Lawrence, exactly. Lawrence knew his job. He was like, yeah, you're good. sweet all right
1: um yeah so we're done here we'll be back next monday so we'll be back monday we've been doing some shows on tuesday everything my, my schedule's sort of settled so uh for brad i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out peace